Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. Today, I have Chloe Naves. She is a returning guest. I am so happy to have her back here. Now, the last time I had her here, we were talking about women who influenced your life, and she introduced us to her mother and her paternal grandmother. Today, she's going to bring someone else to the table. I don't know who it is. She knows. So I've waited for this story as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Chloe, give her a chance to greet you all and tell you a little bit about herself. And then we'll go right into the conversation. Okay, Chloe. Hi. Hello. I am Chloe Nave and I'm honored to be on the broadcast again oh yeah um, I, I, i've become a, a listener a, a supporter <laughs> the stories for me are fascinating and, and inspiring so I, I i thank you for the gift that you're sharing frank it is it's, it's really uh, an awesome awesome thing for the community so uh Let's see, you wanted to talk about historical figures in your family. Yeah, especially when we look at the fact that history is personal. That's one of the things that I have, you know, reached since my time of, you know, working on genealogy. I I realize now that history is personal. That's, you're right on the money. I mean, that is so precise Mm -hmm. that we as individuals, even as family, we don't often understand the impact of that personal history. Right. Uh, we live our lives, you know, we go about doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. Most of us do. Right. And, um, and when it's over, we, you know, limit ourselves to just our own family members that we know they're going to grieve, they're going to miss. But we, I'm learning anyway, again, through genealogy, through research of the past, through understanding history, that each life is important. Each life has the makings of uh, a hero or a significant person for that family. Um, I, I can easily cast my mind on both sides of my family, but to, today it's my maternal, my mother's father hmm. that I, um, So, that So who is this I fantastic believe. person? Who is this fantastic person? Oh, his name is Pope Gomez Garrett Sr. Hmm. Um, my uncle was named after him, and I have a cousin named after him. So he's senior, Pope Garrett Sr. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lived in Clarksville, Tennessee. He was the husband of my grandmother, um, Hattie Bell Henry. I spoke about her the last time. Um, and uh, my aunt Leora uh, has been interviewed and spoke about her mother. So the man I'm talking about today, Pope Garrett, is my aunt Leora's father. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, this pair has certainly made me, made an impact in my life. <laughs> how? And I'm thankful I knew them. How, how did he make an impact on your life? Uh, 
my grandfather was, I guess you could say in a bit, he, he wasn't, he was larger than life, but he wasn't larger than life in a bombastic way. He, right. he, he was larger than life to me because he seemed like he knew everything. Hmm. I mean, he, he could talk to you about anything uh, and, and he would talk. He wasn't an adult that thought children just belonged in a corner. Right. He had a story for you. He had something to tell you about things. He, uh, when we were real little, he'd tell us ghost stories, and he'd tell them so well. <laughs> yeah, so he was a storyteller. <laughs> yeah, he—that would be an ap- uh, appropriate name for him. He was a storyteller. Hmm. Whether he was telling you factual history or telling you fabrications like a ghost story, <laughs> he made them real. <laughs> <laughs> so so I tended to hang, hang on to his every word that's right. how important he was to me Right. and I can say he had that same importance in the life of his family I, I can remember um, my mom would like they called him Papa let me talk to Papa uh-huh. you know if certain things were going on it's his children talked to Papa and got his, you know, insight on it right. and then moved forward. So describe his statue, you know, for us. Oh, physically, he was a short man. I don't think my grandfather was over five, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he always wore a stocking cap on his head. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) As as he got older, you see it, you see the just down white hair, you know, uh, um, on his head. Mm -hmm. Um, He he wore glasses. Oh, he kept a a, uh, carton. Um, I believe it was Oh, I can't remember what type of cigarettes they were, but he kept a, a carton of cigarettes in his pocket, and you always saw him um, putting a cigarette out. Oh, wow. Uh, now, he said that he just puffed on them. He didn't, I, I guess, really inhale them, but it seemed like he was always puffing on um, on a cigarette and right. putting it out. Um and he was a a soft-spoken man. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't gruff or heavy or anything. Just a a soft-spoken, um, with the cadence in its rhythm when he spoke. You know, that yeah. caught your attention and you yeah. listened to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but, how how did at what point in your life? Did you begin to value his experiences, his knowledge, and what he had to bring to the family at what point in your life? It's easy for me to say when I started doing genealogy about 2000, uh, the year 2000, so 20 um, years ago. But I have to, if I'm honest with myself, I'd have to put it back a few years before that. So I'd say in the 90s. um, I spent um, many school holidays with my grandparents. 
uh, when I was in college. And so it was after those experiences, I realized um, I learned some things, you know, that I didn't know about my grandfather by, by staying there. I saw how neighborhood people would come. Um, he often sat on his porch in these later years after my grandmother um, had passed. Right. And she passed in 1980. He died in 1995. So for um, those 15 years, and, and earlier, but you would always find him on his porch, outside sitting on his porch. And I remember being at the house and people would come up looking for Pope Garrett. And he always had a seat for them, always willing to talk to them. Now, my grandfather was involved in several um several things in Clarksville, Tennessee. That's that's where he lived all my life. <laughs> and all pretty much most of all my mother's life. Uh, he moved there in nineteen thirty and moved his family there. So as I'm understanding the history when I, I read um uh, historical information about him, um uh, he became a a prominent businessman and the uh, and the african-american community there right and so folks would always seem to be dropping by to, to see granddaddy and he'd always be on that porch talking to him <laughs> now when you say the african-american community was that based on segregation or was it just the yeah. way the community was set up no this was definitely based on um segregation right um I read a newspaper article that confirmed that to me, that this section of town that my family lived in had been created for uh, Blacks to live in who were working at the flour mill. And that's how my grandfather got to Clarksville. He came up from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to work at the, um, at the flour mill. And so they, that company, directed the blacks to live in a certain part of Tennessee. Right. I mean Tennessee of Clarksville. So that's that's where my grandfather built um built his family's home. He he was a carpenter and later a contractor. So uh, before the rest of the family came up from Murfreesboro, he built the house that became grandmama and granddaddy's house in my mind you know as a kid that's that's where we went when we went to Clarksville <laughs> right so he has a marker uh, that you shared with me yes that the city is supposed to recognize him for or yes tell, tell me about this marker okay uh, <clears throat> the marker um, is being, um, it's been approved for um, installation at Austin Peay State University there in, in Clarksville. And it is to uh, recognize him and it's a, a double marker. It recognizes my grandfather, Poco Manor Sr., for being um, instrumental in he was the secretary of the Negro Fair of Clarksville. 
and, and my grandfather was instrumental in keeping that organization and that fair happening right. for the entire time of its existence. Um, and the Negro Fair was started basically because of segregation. Um, Clarksville was an agricultural community back then, and uh, uh, there, there were always county fairs. Everybody knows about county fairs. We still have them today in various cities and places. Right. Uh, so back in segregation days, black people could not participate in the county fairs. Right. So the uh, the black community of Clarksville created its own fair, the Negro Fair. And that's uh, that's what my grandfather had been part of, the, the creation and the um, the longevity of that organization so Blacks could be recognized and share their agricultural techniques and make Clarksville a better, a better community for living in. So how did your grandfather develop this, this business you know, skill sets. How did he develop that? And well, <laughs> and what? Go ahead with the end part <laughs> But you know, I just want to know. You know, how did he develop those skill sets to 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 be able to manage something of such magnitude? Uh, I, I'm going to say about my grandfather what he used to say about his grandfather. Okay. He he called his his grandfather was a blacksmith in slavery days, and he would tell us he was a master mechanic. His grandfather could build and create anything. Right. And me, that was him. That Gary, he could build and create anything. So I believe it was a a. a an inherited talent of his. It sounds like <laughs> it, yeah. Because he, uh, okay, let's see. Well, my grandfather was born in 1899. So as a young man of uh, 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 29, 30 years old, he, he moves from um, segregated Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to segregated Clarksville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But the reason he moves, or one of the reasons anyway that he moves, obviously the lure of a good job that would have to take care of his family. He had five children to to raise, but it was a a white man that he had worked for in Murfreesboro who recommended he go to Clarksville to the flower company and look at getting a job there. And so my grandfather did that. In Clarksville, he met two black men who were, I can't recall their names at this time, but two black men who were business type men back then in in the 1930s. And they must have influenced him because uh, my grandfather seems to have uh, begun getting involved in local activities for the blacks in Clarksville and he he must have been um, successful enough because in 1943 so 13 years after he got to Clarksville he he opened his own business a dry cleaning business Hmm. 
that had a uh, from from the accounts people have told me, and some of them have told me personally, um, he had a big influence. That dry cleaners had a big influence in the black community there. But at, at 2004, it was written up in the Clarksville newspaper for being the oldest continuously running black-owned business in Clarksville. That is history so by itself. Yeah, that alone is historical, you know. Yeah. That this young man who moved to be able to take care of his family became, um, you know, successful enough to establish a business that not only cared for his family, but helped youth in that community. My grandfather was would be hiring the young people, you know, to come in and work and teach and train them, you know, become pressers and washers and delivery people and so forth. So um, that, like I said, 2000 is when I really began to be, to learn uh, about my grandfather and his impact right. beyond the family. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, he was just the best granddaddy you ever had. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but you know, Chloe, one of the things, you know, I do, I kind of communicate like my mother, right? I always create these these sayings and, and speak in parables, kind of. So when I first started genealogy, I came up with each generation must do better. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking about history is personal. But I also look at the fact that for years, you know, we're always talking about everybody else's family and how great they are when history is right there in your family. You just don't know anything about it. So how do you how do you apply this? And, you know, do you take family members with you? You know, I'm, I'm speaking of in a spiritual sense. Do you take them with you when you enter into a discussion? or when you talk about black history, or when you talk about history? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've realized for myself, personally, I I know genealogy has been like the genie in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Unlocking that has unlocked things in me uh, that (laughs) make me see the value of the past. Um, the old saying, if you don't know your um, your past, your history, you're doomed to re- repeat it. Right. Um, that means so much more to me now because I can see different patterns in my family history, other family histories that I'm looking at. I, I, I can see certain patterns that are going on and it makes me thankful for the sacrifices that my ancestors have made. Not only for me to be here physically, but to have a mental state of mind that I have. Right. Um, you know, the, the spiritual mindset. The, it's, it's just, I realize all of that is a combination, not just of my local experiences, but the experiences of family members before me. Um, and so, uh, to me, talking to the ancestors has become um, a necessary thing, you know. Right. If nothing else, it 
it keeps me on path. You know, it's like I tell my grandchildren, oh, you can do better than that. You got better than that in your DNA. Hmm. Uh, this is something you, your family has already accomplished this. You don't need to be afraid of going forth. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got the history behind you. It's, it's like everything in life. When you have some ex- experience, you're not as afraid of something. Right. And that to me is what p- family history is. When you know your family history, you're not as afraid of what is going on in the world. So how do you relate this and, and motivate the younger people? Have you accepted your position as this senior person, which is comes with titles like matriarch or whatever? Have you have you accepted those positions? Um, yeah, I have a nephew who calls me Aunt Boss, B-O-S-S. Okay, that's a good title. They recognize Yeah. It is, um, but I do. I, I I I use Facebook as one means to communicate. I I have a family uh, website um, hosted by tribal pages that I use to to communicate with other family members, so they can they can understand who these people are in their lives too you know obviously my grandchildren did not know my grandfather at all but uh, even they have a healthy respect for him because they've heard about him <laughs> you know they uh, uh, they've heard the skills that my grandmother taught us and so they you know I, I know my grandchildren all have learned um you know, small little things like how to cook something for themselves, you right, know. Right. And uh, so I think it, I personally pass it on in the everyday interactions with my grandkids, my nieces and nephews. I had a niece here recently and showed her some pictures and asked her, do you know who these women are? And she recognized uh, what side of the family they were on. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good start, you know. Yeah. She, she knew that, and I explained to, to her. And in fact, the picture I showed her happened to be the sisters of this grandfather that I'm talking about today, both Eric's sisters. Uh, she saw his pictures uh, and, and his sister's pictures. So just everyday sharing. You can't force history on anyone. All you can do is expose it to them. Right. And, um, and and pray that that exposure becomes significant to them over time, that they can go back and say, oh, I remember when I saw a picture of her, or I saw a picture of him, or I was told the story about such and such. I'm going to remember that for my life. You right. know? Well, so. well, Chloe, you know, you know, I try to keep these sessions at 25 minutes you know because of attention i definitely want oh, to continue. I had so much more to oh share. we are going to share and, and that's what i'm that's what i'm getting ready to say what we're going to do we're going to close this session and go right into a part two and as a continuation because i want to learn more and gather more so that our listeners can do that so let me let me do this let me close out this particular session and then we're going to reopen with a part two so that we can keep this conversation going. Is that okay with you? 
Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and pause this now and close out this session and then we'll come right back into a part two. And I, I'm, I'm saying this so that my listeners can know that everything is live, right? So we, yeah. we, we want, there's no rehearsal. So let me close this out and then we're going to come right back into another session for a continuation of the story. Okay. Do I have time to get a cup of water in you, between? Okay, you sure do. Okay. All right. You. Mm-hmm.